0: All right, Mr. Briscoe, we're live. Stories with Briscoe and Bradshaw. You sit there. Have you read any of those books behind you? Uh, matter of
1: fact, uh, JBL, I got your book, How to Get Rich Now. (laughs) It's right up here, right next to American uh, bureaucracy in 1491 and the war on truth. And how to get rich now by John Layfield Bradshaw or John Bradshaw Layfield, whatever the hell you got so many damn names. I don't know what big ass Texan. What is that? Thomas Jefferson autobiography by Thomas Jefferson. What's what shirt do you have on? I got my Haggard t shirt on. Hell man, I'm ready.
0: I love Merle Haggard. I I got my look at this shirt I got
1: on. You know what? Uh, man, I love that shirt. One time, uh, uh. Shane McMahon asked me, you know, he knew I was a country music. He said, Do you like that Merrill Haggard? I said, Who the hell is Merrill Haggard on Merrill Street? And he said, ah, no, Yeah, but Haggard. I said, there Ain't no Merrill Haggard. Damn Merle Haggard, you damn Yankee
0: New Yorker. Hey, he got hey, one time Shane got me an autographed picture from Merrill Haggard. And it said
1: from, McMahon did?
0: Yeah, I've got to hang it hanging up in my in my office. He's he got me a picture from Merle Haggard and said to my for my good friend Shane. Shane's a great guy. Merle Haggard.
1: <laughs> now where in the hell did he he didn't even know who Merle
0: Haggard he called him Merle. He had no idea who he was. But he Not knew that it. me and you like Merle Haggard, and because of that he got me a signed picture from Merle Haggard to put over Shane. So
1: you owe it to me then, right? Barbara's saying hi, John
0: your
1: wife is a good lady she, uh, she i remember the time you went and taught her class you made her a hero there at her school hey everybody out there just imagine john layfield coming into your high school my wife about five foot tall and she's a school teacher economics teacher so john knows all these numbers you know he was going to make me so rich i was going to be richer and uh back, man, we're going to buy uh, Sweden or Greece or one of those ties, the countries that were in bankruptcy. JBL and I was going to make it after he made me all, all this money. We're going to become uh, dictators over there. So anyway, he comes in there, there's just a six foot six Texan with big old cowboy hat on like Abraham Lincoln, come walking into her classroom. She had a bunch of football players that thought they were tough, tough boys. And all of a sudden, they see John Layfield walking in there and watching Miss Briscoe, you know, little. And, and I got to tell you, you showed up for her, told those big ass football players to say the behavior and going to kick their butt there. She <laughs> had the perfect class up
0: there. We had a good time. Your wife's great. She deserves like a whole block in heaven for putting up with you for all these years. I mean, a whole block, not just a house, a block. Well, uh, I, I agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, uh, just think about football players. Big Van Vader, Leon White, you remember the time. We we, we were when – remember the time he slapped a reporter in Kuwait, you know, during the live interview? But we were on a tour first. You and I were down in South Africa with the WWE, and then you flew up to Kuwait to meet the other crew of the WWE. And that's when you hooked up with Leon White, and Ben Vader, up in uh, and had the instance with the reporter. But before that, you and I got into a golf cart race in Pretoria. Remember? <laughs> and and I, a hit racing, I hit you right? in the golf cart.
1: <laughs> golf cart? Was it go cart or golf carts? Some type of go carts. They are fast. Yeah, they were fast. They were race cars. This damn promoter, remember we were running that outdoor show where Pretoria or something like that? Victoria yeah, that's right. One of those damn shows down there. And uh, he had he he led uh, he was buried with us too. Barry. Barry Windham
0: was with us, and maybe Dustin, uh, Tony Correa may have been there too, but only probably if they got he got in for free.
1: Yeah, and uh, yeah, well, we're all he gave us all go karts and he pointed out John and I were bragging, hey, we won't go to so he pointed us over there to these two special go karts He said, so John and I are out on the racetrack. You know, it's like. I'm uh, driving down I-35 going north across, across that damn Red River where God's country is, <laughs> from that other place down south of the Red River. We're driving like crazy on I-35 and around these little old tracks and down at South Africa, and down there you drive on the other side of the road. <laughs> And we had these dope cars, and we were driving on our side of the road because it was just us rasters out there. And all of a sudden, Layfield, my mind starts acting up. Layfield gets ahead. He turns that damn thing around and comes head on and in, crashing into me. Throws me in all the damn bells of hay, and uh, he takes a bump, and the first bump he's ever taken for me. <laughs> and I take a bump We're in the hay, and everybody's laughing at us. But that was
0: a ball there that day. <laughs> <laughs> that was a lot of fun. We had a we had a crash him up derby with the go karts. <laughs> it was so much fun. The guy was really
1: upset because we tore up all of his damn good go karts. And uh, and Mickey Brett, you know, the tour manager, uh, he said he wanted everyone to, to pay for them. And Mickey said, "You gave them to him. I didn't tell you to give them to him."
0: <laughs> well, then you end up going up to Saudi Arabia. We we end up going home. Most of us that were on that tour went home, but you were the agent. And you were the overseas agent on most of all of the overseas tours. But then you went up to Kuwait where they had the rest of the WWE crew was up there. And Vader on television with The Undertaker. I've asked Undertaker about it in the past. So apparently the host of Good Morning Kuwait gives them like 10 questions he's going to ask. And the last question was, is it fake? That was the last question they said they weren't going to ask it. Taker tells Vader. Says, hey, don't worry about it. This question comes up; I'll answer it. Well, the host decides he asked that question first, and the rest is history. Pretty much David Schultz uh, slapping Stossel all over again equate. So, what happened? Well, the,
1: the, 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 you covered it pretty good, but I all set the consent, kind of set the scene that uh, just the the uh, the the uh, the intenseness that was going on at that time. Taker flew from with me from, from South Africa to uh, Kuwait, which was like a 15-hour flight. You know, we flew all damn night and all day. And we landed and we got on a plane or got in a damn uh, uh, car that they had waiting for us and took us straight to the arena. Undertaker sits there, you know, he'd been on this 15-hour uh, flight and worked all week in South Africa, where, you know, the schedule we had down there. We're exhausted. We get there and I'm doing a, doing a roll call, doing a, the matches. And I, where's Leon? Oh, Leon didn't come because Leon's not feeling good. I said, what? And I told him, I think it was Dave or Tony Greer. I said, you get that, you get that Veyron down phone and tell him to get his ass down here right now or I'm sending him home tonight. And so, well, he's not feeling good. I said, Look over there, I pointed toward uh, Taker. I said, he just got off a 15-damn-hour flight, and that damn Vader's been sitting on his ass for a day waiting for us to get here, and he's sick, and he can't come. Well, he got to run. And get his ass here. So, anyway, long story short, we got him here, and, of course, we started arguing, well, I'm sick. I'm you know, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I'm a big guy. You know, I'm sick. <laughs> wiping sweat off. I've got a fever. I said, Leon, you're all right. I felt of him, and uh, and as close as I could get to him without knocking myself over Dr. or Dr. <laughs> prognosis was he was okay. <laughs> uh, Hygiene and him weren't, weren't in the same vocabulary, I don't believe. <laughs> but anyway, I got him to work at nine. he was okay. So the next night, we had to set up the deal with the terminal. We had to set up the deal with him and Taker. So uh, – the next morning, they're on TV, uh, our good friend Percy was there uh, managing Vader and Taker. And like you said, uh, Percy told me a little story, too. Taker said, hey, the question is, you know, wrestling fake. Well, here's a guy, Vader, who's been all around the damn world. Japan, China, I mean, Australia, New Zealand, all over the world, Vader had been all over, competed probably been asked that question 10,000 times you know yeah and so we we went we you know when we go to these foreign countries we kind of go we we go over the cultural rules you know you can't touch this person or you can't grab this person or you you know you gotta you gotta say you know, uh, social distance from them basically you know and just thank them you know and not shake your hands unless they let they offer their hands and most of all you can't but lay your hands on one, one of these people you know and so vader knew all that like i said either world traveler, been around the world so the question just comes and it was a short interview yeah it was his rest and fake and uh Fake, I'll show you. Fake. He picks the guy up by his tie, no less. You know, there's there's this little uh, guy from Kuwait. You know, about five foot two, whatever was. What heck, he was. And there's a big old Leon White Vader. He slapped the hell out of him. I'll show you what fake. is. like you said, Dave Schultz revisited. and I get a phone call, <laughs> and it's from the from the uh, chief of police. We have your one of your wrestlers locked up in jail. What? <laughs> uh, Leon White. Do you know Leon White? Yes. He's over here on wrestling business. Yes, sir, he is. Uh, uh, he's with uh, Paul Mayer, Paul, Paul William Moody. He said, uh, says he's his manager. I tell you what, I know you guys are here. We'll release him if he stays at a hotel. Release him of, you know, on his own recognizance or whatever the hell that is. So. I said, please do. So we got him released from jail, but now he keep leave the leave the hotel. We're just starting this tour. It's a big tournament. We get paid a lot of money for it, and uh, he's one of the stars, unfortunately. So we get back, and and uh, and Paul Bear comes to my room, knocks on my door. He's down there in his room. I said, you go get that uh, sob and get him down here right away. And so he said, well, he's really unhappy. And I said, well, you don't know want tough shit i'm unhappy too so uh paul uh percy went down i uh, said leon you gotta come down And so leon comes back he got a towel with him i call it this crying towel because every other word he's crying. oh i'm sorry i'm sorry and we already he's already knows he's going to, he just, he's he's a big ass trouble said so, and uh, i said I said, okay leon In your words you tell me what happened what what <laughs> ticked you off so much? He said, "Well, I'm upset about last night. The way you treated me last night made me work when I was sick." I said, "Leon, we we're all exhausted. The guys flew from South Africa and up here, and they went over the whole thing about the hours and everything. And you've been here a day. You guys got here a day ahead of time, was resting, and we flew in. And you're sick from what? From getting drunk last night? What I what I was doing?" And so uh, you wrestled, you're okay today and you were well enough to, why the hell did I, I said, you've been all the world, why the hell did you slap, well, it pissed me off. (laughs) And I started laughing at him. I said, what do you mean it it pissed you off? He said, well, he should have asked that question. I said, did you know he was going to ask that question? Yes, I did. I said, were you, uh, yes, uh, yes, I I said, were you told, not to worry about it, that the taker would would take that question, yes, but he had no business asking that question, said, he's a damn interview you've been asked that all over the world, you snap, I said, man, good luck, and I said, you got to be the dumbest SOB I've ever met in my life, and that just, it ticked Leon off, he went off the the deep end, and he started cussing me out, and and everything, he said, if you want to fight, I'll fight you, you know, here's 375 pound Vader and their 200 pound Briscoe, you know, he's wanting to fight me. And I looked at him, I said, "All right." then back at back then, you know, I was I was basically uh, international tour manager, uh, director uh, of international tours. So I always got a big room because I always had to have these uh, come to the office meetings, you know. And uh, <laughs> so I did, you know, didn't want a little bedroom, so they always got me a big, big ass suite there. So. We're sitting in this big uh, front room there. And I said, let's move these tables around so we don't get charged for them. I got up and started moving. When I started moving the tables, Leon said, well, now we don't have to really fight if, we want, if you don't want to. I said, Leon, you challenge me. And I said, let's go. If that's going to make you happy, let's move this damn furniture and let's go. And he said, well, I know Sambo. And I looked <laughs> at him and I said, well, I know Paul Orndolph. And I taught him every damn thing he knows. And he said, well, why'd you have to bring that up? Now he's bawling like a baby. And I love Leon. And God rest his soul. You know, and I'm not talking bad about the god but you know, I'm just telling the truth of the story there. So we hashed it out, and he's crying. And so I said, you cannot leave the, leave, leave the hotel. You got to stay here. If you step foot out of that hotel for any reason whatsoever, they'll come and lock your ass up and throw you in a jail out in the middle of the desert. We won't know where the hell you're at. And he's him like a baby now. Oh, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, what's gonna happen? I said, I don't know, Leon. We're gonna just going to have to wait. So from there I said, get the hell out of my room and then go to your room and stay there until I call you. I don't want you out for any reason whatsoever. Well, what am I gonna eat? I said, call a room service. Well, I don't wanna to have to pay for room I said, call a room service. So then I had to call the CEO. <laughs> by then, he's already heard rumors that Leon decapitated that son of a bitch. Hey, pal, what's going on down there? <laughs> Why don't you have control of the situation? I'm getting my ass chewed by the CEO over over Leon Dax, and now I'm getting mad as hell at Leon. So, So I explained to him the situation. Well, oh, what what you going to do? And I said, well, I got to keep him in the hotel room. We can't, we can't do it. We got to refigure what, what we want to do in the tournament and everything. And he said, well, figure it out and do it, and, you know, let's get home and, and keep, keep the guys out of trouble. So I get my ass sued uh, by the CEOs. So well, with that, anyway, we're getting ready to go to the matches a little bit later on that night, and I still got Leon locked in the damn room. And so everybody, you know, everybody got the call time, as you know, and we start wandering down towards the bus, loading up the bus. By now all the guys have heard about, you know, what happened and seen replay after replay, after replay, <laughs> after replay on TV,
0: <laughs> <You know?
1: laughs> And so they're all coming, well, what's going to happen? Well, you know, how's it going to affect us? So I said, well, you know, we just got a minor P's and Q's here. Now we can't, you know, go out much, and we've we, we got to be good guys. So, we all load on the bus. So Leon, he comes down to the lobby of the hotel. Now he can go to the lobby, but he can't go out the door. And these big old glass doors are on this hotel us loading in. We look at Leon, there, Leon over there with his crying towel, just crying like crazy. waving like a little baby. Bye-bye guys, I'll see you later, <laughs> you yes. know. So anyway, we go to the and we refigure, we come back and Leon's waiting for us in the lobby. And he said, can we go to the room and talk? And I said, yes, sir. So we went up the room and talked. Leon told me, he started apologizing and they're trying to kiss my ass, thinking I'm going to get him out of this thing. And he said, "Uh, I called my attorney in Colorado. He said, I'm in pretty much trouble. And I said, well, your attorney's a pretty bright man. then. so uh, so, uh, we, uh, you know, we kind of, hashed out, and I said, Leon, you still can't leave the hotel. I said, the, the government said, you leave this hotel, and I swear, they'll lock you out. So the next night, we go back, and, and as you know, over in Kuwait, it was right after the storm, so U.S. President military was there. I had these special ops guys come up to me, about, about a half dozen of them come up to me at the matches that night. I said, Mr. Briscoe, we heard about the problem with Vader. And he can't, can't come, he can't leave his hotel, and he, he can't get out of the country. And this is the never-told-before story before, but it's true. He said, I, the, guy, the air, airman said, I'll tell you what I'll do. We'll do. We can put him in one of our cargo crates. Uh, crates. We can come and get him about 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning, you know, and they ain't going to question us. We go in and out of the hotel and, get, and kind of get him in a box. And they were put him in one of these big-ass cargo boxes, put him on a cargo plane in Kuwait and fly him out to damn France. (laughs) So he escaped the country. And I said, I don't know if I can do that, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Or I'll be in jail, you know. So, uh, So I called the by the CEO after and I told the CEO what what the us military had offered us and he said what are you going to do I said I'm not going to do nothing to be that big ass uh, in that damn hotel room he said don't you dare smuggle them out of then the whole the world all being be in trouble over this damn thing so I I, I, I I so I made up my mind you know I, I can't do that so I next day I tell the soldier sorry guy I really appreciate the help but you know, he's there. So we finished up the tour five days and Leon hadn't left that damn hotel. And uh, he'd he worn out, he'd worn out the laundry uh, room with, with his damn crying towel. So <laughs> now it's getting old. So, uh, it finally, it's, it go home day and everybody's all excited. You know, you get up early, you get up before the sun comes up and go get that morning plane. It's go home time, man. You're all happy. And so, uh, I'm up about five o'clock making sure everything's going right, and uh, I get I get a knock on my door. It's Leon with his bags, and I said, Leon, what are you doing? He said, when can I get on the bus? I said, you can't get on the bus. <laughs> <laughs> and now he just, what do you mean? I said, we got to leave you here. I he said you can't leave me I don't know what they'll do to me I I said Leon they're not going to do anything to you as long as you uh you uh you obey them and I think we had like 10 days in between us leaving and his trial date as soon as they would put him on a trial and I got to give uh the office and Vince credit they tried like crazy to get to keep getting his date moved up so we could we could all get out of there and he could get out at the same time but the 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 people in Quake wasn't budging. So uh so uh I he said, Would you call Vince? Let me talk to Vince. And so I said, Yes I will. So I, we went in my hotel room, called Vince. Vince Leon wants to talk to you. Oh shit. You know, I don't wanna to talk to him. I said, well here he is, you know, so and but Vince, but Vince, I'm sorry, I'm scared. What am I gonna do? I mean, I don't know what's gonna happen to me over here. So uh we had one of the, you know, our, our crew manager, our tour manager from the UK, so they're really good people, Mickey, Brett, and all that crew. So he had one guy, I forgot which guy he was, but he's a guy everybody liked. He said, I'll stay here a couple of extra days with Leon just, just so he'll have some company and all that. So we worked it out where we paid for his expenses. He paid there, he stayed there. He stayed there until the day before the trial and uh, by that time, we had some help for Leon there. So we went to trial. Leon was fine. I think it was like a quarter million dollars and WWE was fine and all this stuff. But what a trip it was with, with, with that guy, man. Every, it was exciting to be with Leon.
0: Like I said, I love Leon, but he was a pain in the ass. <laughs> Leon was a good guy. I, I love Leon. Every, I think most people did, but he was. Leon can, Leon can be a little bit difficult, you might say. I'll tell you a funny story, I was riding with Leon, because Leon always liked me, he treated me like a little brother, you know, we both played football, you know, and, you know, wrestled in Japan. So we're riding down in Florida in your neck of the woods. Leon has had, you know, when Leon would have too much to drink, he got lovey dovey. You know, he was, <laughs> Always. he's he one of these touchy feely guys. So it's just me and Leon driving down the road and he's he's all lovey dovey, you know. He's like, Oh, you're a good kid, I like you, you know, and all this. So finally he says, You know, I got a wrestle undertaker at uh Royal Rumble, I think it's Royal Rumble. And I said, Yeah. And he goes, I, I think I'm gonna have to put him over. And I said, You think <laughs> he said, but I've got an idea. Now remember, he's been indulging a little bit. He said, Do you think I could climb up to the top rope and do a moonsault and take her catch me and give me the tombstone? And I said, Oh hell yeah. I said Taker's a big strong son bitch. He can do that easy. I said Leon, here's what you do. Just call it in the ring. Don't tell <laughs> Taker. <laughs> so, so, yeah. Leon couldn't contain himself. I've got Leon convinced that Taker can catch that 450-pound Mastodon in his uh-huh. and give him, a, <laughs> give him the tombstone pile driver. So Leon sits by Taker in the dressing room, where we still got a couple shows before SummerSlam, or Royal Rumble, Rumble, whatever it was. And he sits there and he starts telling Taker about this idea. He does this whole big finish. Then he gets up the top rope. He does this big moonsault. Taker catches him midair, the Gives him the two. <laughs> the crowd goes wild. Taker never looked at him. Taker looking straight ahead. He reached over and he patted him on the leg and walked out. <laughs> 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 so, Leon looks to me and he says, what does that mean? I said, <laughs> he loved it. Just call <laughs> it. <tonight."> it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, Taker comes up to me about two hours later and he says, did you have anything to do with that? (laughs) I said there's a good chance. How could he tell, right? (laughs) (laughs) It was great. Leon actually had – my last – the last pay-per-view match of Leon uh, as Vader in WWE was with me. He requested that, and he told me before the match, this is is really cool. He said, today, he said, you're going to get the old Vader. He said, I'm going to come out smoking. He said, when you beat somebody today, you're going to beat somebody. And he said, I'm going to leave on the right note, which I always well, thought was pretty cool. Well, you know, uh, and, I, and I'm and i going to get devil's due. And I'm going to
1: verify that story because he did come up to us and he said, it's my last match and I want to work with that kid, uh, Layfield. He said, I think he got a future and I and I, I want to help him. And uh, so I want to work with him. So he, uh, you're right on that. He did request you on uh, and he, he told me that he was going to give the match of, of his career after that. He night. did. And he, and he went out kicked and kicked tore the place he up. He
0: had me kick out of his finish, which he didn't hardly let anybody do. I mean, he he re- he, he did everything he could to put me over. I always thought that was, one of the, that was one of the coolest things anybody's ever done for me. I always really respected Leon for that. I, don't, I liked it. Always, I, I think most guys. Did. I did too. I mean,
1: I he was, you know he was a big, big eight guy, big twelve or whatever else now. But we we're Leon was a Colorado big eight, and I was big eight, and so we we got along. And you know, he was, I, I I enjoyed his football career, and I always ribbed him, I uh, bad uh, at him because uh, they they beat Tampa to go to the Super Bowl. He played in the Super Bowl. I don't know if a lot of people know that, but Leon was a. He's great for first a, round for the super bowl, but then they beat the, my buccaneers to make it to the super bowl, and I always used to give him grief about that. But Leon, I mean, uh, if, what an athlete for 470 yeah. pounds, whatever the hell he was. I mean, the guy could move like, like anybody, he could, he could, I mean, he did things, you know, big guys that you're not supposed to do, and I always respected him for his work. I but he was a he was a hard guy to,
0: to get along with, not, not a
1: bad not a bad guy, but just no a not guy. a
0: bad not a bad guy at all. Really, a good guy. Yeah, you remember when he had a heart attack? Do I ever? I was with there, and he was in Austin, Texas. <laughs> yeah, I do. All he wanted to do was go home. So yeah. I'm sitting in the dressing room with Terry Funk and Colonel Parker, and they're talking about how they're going to go under the stage and get their head blown off and and sue Vince McMahon for like ten billion dollars. You know, this before the company maybe even had gone public. So they're going to make $10 billion. So I'm sitting here listening to Terry Funk and Colonel Parker go over this a thousand times. Leon's in the dressing room with us. So I thought, well, I'll go check because I'm tagging with Terry that night. I thought, I'll go check to see where we are on the card. And I go out there, and there's Leon laying by the under the stage. <laughs> and I thought he'd fallen off the stage. I said, oh, my God, what's wrong with him? And they said, you won't believe it. He was under the stage when the pyro went off exactly what Terry Funk and Colonel Parker was talking about. So I went back. I and, didn't know that part of the story. That's new to me. Oh, so, I, yeah, yeah. So I go back and get Terry uh, Terry and Colonel. I said, "Guys, Leon just pulled your gimmick. They go, what are you talking about? I said, he's got his head blown off with the pyro. Right. <laughs> so we all go down there. We start laughing. And you are going, this isn't funny. Leon's hurt. And then, it's no, he's not. All he wanted to do was go home. He wanted. He just. He, was, he hated being on the road. So the next day, we're in the dressing room, and when Leon walks in, everybody starts laughing because they're giving him a hard time about the, getting his head blown off by the pyro. And that's where he came up with. He goes, "Guys, you don't understand. When that pyro went off, my heart stopped." And he said, "I had to start my own heart. <laughs> I had to give myself a heart compression." <laughs> so Ron Simmons says. Uh, let me get this right. <laughs> you were dead. And everybody started laughing. Leon goes, I fuck all you. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> That's Leon. Leah, Leon, hey, Leon was the best. He just hated being on the road.
1: Yeah, he hated being on the road, you could tell it too. I mean, uh the guy, the guy like I said, he wasn't he wasn't a bad guy at all. He was just a difficult guy, and but uh, you know. I, 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 I'd struggle for words to try to have anything bad to say about Leon, except he wasn't the smartest candle in, uh, the brightest candle in that box, you know.
0: Brad Ryan told me when he went up to train with Brad Ryan, he is 450-something pound, you know, he was a beast, man, especially when he was younger. He said, what can you do that's special? And Leon got on his hands and walked around the gym on his hands. I mean, he was a, he was a heck of an athlete.
1: He sure was. That, that's what impressed me so much, you know. But uh, you know, he can be that heck of an athlete. But that old uh, uh, Paul Orndorff, that old country fighter boy, he 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 put that athlete uh, with his flip flops right down. <laughs> I wish, I wish. That's one place I wish I would have been. I never got to uh, got 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 the inside of that. I tried to get Orndorff to tell it to him, and he's he's so damn modest he won't you know, say too much about it.
0: Leon got, like strip his ass. <laughs> Leon got strip searched one time. We were in some, somewhere flying. It was before 9-11. He didn't have his ID. And so, literally, <laughs> he started to strip search. Him. <laughs> and we <laughs> kept saying, Uh-oh. they're going to find one of Orndor's flip-flops, what they're going to find.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they looked too for up there. He was uh, flying with him, too, was always a pain in the ass. You know, back then, we were really on WW, like you said. We had gone public. And uh, – you know, the funds weren't as big as they are now or even got to be. But, uh, you know, we all flew coach tickets, you know. And uh, yeah. Leon, every time he'd see me, you know, Leon, hey, hey, can you give me two seats? You know, he always wanted two seats to fly with. And when and I was under, no, you get one seat, you know, and lose some weight. And, you know, we got – and he said, well, you got Big Show two seats. He said, well, Big Show – six foot ten or whatever he is. You're five foot six foot two and you know, three or three, four hundred pounds. Uh, big show uh, you know, he's been here a while and he's earned it. Yeah, but I I was a WCW champion. while we well, are in WWE now, you know, so he always bitched and cried. He was a crying guy. He was an emotional guy. He was. That.
0: Yeah, he was. He was.
1: You, you you say anything to him at all that hurt his feelings and no big old crocketeer to got out tears that just come rolling down his cheeks there. You like, were especially mean to him. I was not mean to him. you would you 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 set up all these ribs with him, you know, and you loved it. And, and uh and Ron and you would uh, you know, well, you guys would rib that poor guy until he till he just
0: broke down. Leon had lifts in his shoes. You know, because he, he was like 6'2", which is tall, you know, tall enough. But he, he he had lifts in his tennis shoes. So, one time me and Ron got his uh, one lift out of one shoe, and we put it in Ricky Morton's bag. But <laughs> 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 so Leon had like – he was walking like sideways because he had a lift in one shoe and one not. And Ricky came to us, he goes, that big man will kill me. Please don't ever do that to me again. <laughs> <laughs> we had a lot of fun with Leon.
1: Yeah, and uh, like I said, God rest his soul, because he, he was a good human being. And, uh, you know, he, he struggled there towards the end. We, uh, we hate to see any brother like that, you know, a brother on the road struggle. And uh, But, uh, you know, while he was here on Earth, he entertained thousands of people and got to live a dream. He played in Super Bowl. He wrestled WrestleManias. I mean, uh, he wrestled Starcades. The guy did everything, you know, as an athlete you could do.
0: You know. Maybe I, the best big man of all time. he was one of he he certainly is in the conversation. He was a great big man with wrestling.
1: Well, he's right there in that conversation. You know, you, you, you think about those big guys like that. But I you know, and still to this day you don't see guys that could move as quick as Leon in that size. I mean, probably Brock is as close to, to being uh, like that as uh, any big guy, but Brock's still lacking 100 pounds to catch up with Lee, uh, Leon.
0: Right. Well, Mr. Briscoe, thank you very much. It's uh, Stories with Briscoe and Bradshaw. Hopefully your big announcement will actually happen one of these days.
1: Well, you know, I've been recovering, and, I, I, and the reason I don't have my brace on is the doctor. I had, you notice I hadn't made a quick uh, side side turn because it's still painful, but I I neglected wear my bra. I just came from the doctor. You were on me, uh, you were, tweet, uh, t- what is that, tweeting or tweet, text? Text, where the hell are you, Briscoe? Hell, I'm coming home from the doctor. Give me a break, John. And he told me I didn't have to wear my my neck brace 24-7 and I could take a couple hours break from it. But I got, I got it right here next to me just in case I need it, you know. I bet you and didn't. when I leaned over like that, I felt my neck pop there you know that that damn viper you know what he went dead he went to John he attacked me two times two times in a row and he, he it took I it took so much training for him to do that he went and grew McIntyre for the championship man so I'm a trainer of champions so you know I think he should send me some residuals from that damn uh, championship
0: belt that he has yeah good luck with that Mr. Briscoe <laughs> <laughs> I'll be holding my
1: breath just like I'm holding my breasts at like Jim Thorpe Jersey. You're going to get the Jim Thorpe jersey. I'm ordering it tonight. Okay. Well, I left you my address. You'll have it.